Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Good evening. Welcome to episode 23 of the AI Comic Pod. Stu, of course, your favourite and beloved host, and with me as always is Rory. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm just the secondary host that is not beloved by that introduction. Cheers, mate. No, you're not, but we didn't want to say anything because it's really mean. But you did (laughs) abandon me. You went on holiday without me. I know. I know. I I just couldn't. There was no room for Wilson. No, and our, our, our eight fans were just livid. There were at least one or two that asked for a pod, yeah. so that's quite that's quite impressive. It is. Normally, it's just you asking me or me asking you. So you know, we're, <laughs> we're getting there. We're making steps, baby steps, ba- you know, very small, one-legged baby steps. But anyway, uh, we're going to do. Finally, we're actually getting through some of the things that we've been saying. Yeah, we're going to do this. So we're going to cover off seasons one and two of Gotham, seeing as season two finished a couple of months ago. Uh, we've got two, I think, two debutants with us today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, we've got Mr. Joe slash Joey slash Joseph Connors, our friend from across the pond. How are you doing? I'm doing great, fellas. Happy to be on. Been yeah. trying to get on for a long time. So. We, yeah, we've been trying to get you on for a while, but for some reason you've got some kind of weird times where you just don't appear to understand that it's eight o'clock. It's half eight now. It's not half three in the afternoon. <laughs> it's just... I do feel like you've been on before, which is quite weird because I know you haven't. But it's all the all the articles and all the great content you've been providing. So, well, that's all it. good. You've all read Joey's words, and now you get to hear them. You get to bask in his warm, glowing, warming glow. There you go. And I like that. Last, but by of course no means least, we have my best friend forever, the first lady of the Anfield Index. We have Nina Kauser. Yay! Just the one person of blood, and it's my favourite, Stu. Um, thank you so much for having me. I can't believe Joey's never been on. This is mad, because he's always talking to you guys. He's always writing articles. 
Yeah, I don't really know. We we kind of wanted to get something that Joey really wanted to do, but we I think Spider Man we kind of put on the back burner for for next year's film release, and then yeah, this was the kind of right opportune moment. But I'm sure there'll be many more appearances in coming weeks. Yes, as we always promise, we've got a lot in the pipeline. It's just when we actually get around to doing it. <laughs> so we're in, doing all right. Episode twenty-three. It's yeah, no, nobody gave us a chance. No, I know. We're nine months, twenty-three episodes. That's that's pretty good averages, man. Yeah, considering all we do is sit down and talk for longer than we should do about absolute bollocks. That's pretty good going. <laughs> and and it's got to the point now where Gags doesn't even tell us off for going over an hour. He just accepts that it's going to be like an hour and a half. And it's good because you keep buttering up the editor, who's, you know, thankfully joined us this evening. Yeah. <laughs> you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, people. This is how it works. <laughs> See? You've got to grease the hand that does something. I don't know. This Christ. Well, in, in classic AI comic pod style, after we've talked absolute bollocks, we are now going to go back into the quiz. We haven't had a quiz for a while. Been um, ages, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. currently... Currently leading the chart is still Zach from episode six with six out of six. Yeah, he um, nailed that. Yeah, and after after Zach, we've got Chris four three three Chris. Then we've got K. Then we've got Gags in his second appearance with a measly two and a half. And then we've got Gags in his first appearance with one and a half out of five. So all you've got to do is get more than one and a half, and you get to bitch slap Gags. <laughs> Not that one of you needs any reason to bitch slap gags anyway. <coughs> Cough, Nina. <laughs> so what we'll do is tell you what, Rory. Um, I sent you these questions, didn't I? You did. Right. Do you want to ask one, and I'll ask one, or do you want me to do them all? I'll let. You um, I don't mind doing that. Let me just dig them out because I'm extremely prepared as always for this. Yes. Um, our, our, our six, oh no, sorry, our eight listeners will, of course, be no no strangers to our lack of preparedness. All right, you did talk a load about the next pod we might be doing, so I've got to go back away. Right, here we are. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. You go first. Uh, right. Nina's kicking off. Okay, Nina, your first question then. When we Cat. first meet Selena, a.k.a. Cat slash Catwoman, she's stealing something, but what is she stealing? Is it a wallet? No. It's milk. Oh, shit. Yes. I, I actually got that question offline, and I thought it was a wallet as well. But sadly, that's it's hard. milk. Well, that's that a good easy. steal. Fucking hell. <laughs> Whatever, get to the top line. Shut up. That is a hard question. It says the man that set the hardest quiz in human history. Yeah. Thanks very much. Hey, Gags, <laughs> that was all Gags behind that. Yeah. Oh, well, he threw right. well and truly under the bus for that one. He said, he said, make it hard. I made it really difficult. <laughs> yeah. And Joey, so- your first question. Uh, oh, this is this is too easy. Um, what is stolen from Martha Wayne just before she is shot? Uh, what is stolen? Be, um, uh, her pearls? Yeah. Pearl so necklace. Even I knew that. Did I know. That is classic Batman. It? Yeah. I thought it was too easy. I'm like, should I say something really dumb so they'll think I'm smart? Or <laughs> Right, Nina, question two. What nickname was given to the vigilante who kills a con man and a dirty police officer? <laughs> I thought we were friends, Steve. What we are. 
That's a hard question. I'm fucking being played here. <laughs> you know? Okay, people, I'll, I'll you give can't... you a hint. He's fond of balloons. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty big fucking clue. Come That's... on, Ian. I don't know. I t- you know what? I, I've uh, let me think. Uh, <laughs> I very nearly said airhead. <laughs> I'm gonna go with that because that's the only. <laughs> Sadly, it's. Yo, not I'm tempted airhead. to give a half a mark for that. That's a good but, answer. But I wish it was. It was the balloon man. He ties them to a balloon. I do remember the episode. I forgot his name. Ooh. Right, Joey. Moving on. Um, what's the name of the villain uh, who is kidnapping children to use in his experiments? Oh, Jesus. It's not Jesus. I don't think he did that. (laughs) (laughs) Or if he did, he never wrote about it. Uh, Is that Dollmaker? Yes, correct. Pulled that from nowhere. Well done. I I was going to mix that up with something else, and I I tend to overthink things. Nain, you've got to get this one. Right. What does Fish Mooney use to remove one of her eyes? Was it a spoon? It was a spoon. Yes. Yes, bitches. Yes. <laughs> one more. One more needed to beat gags. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. What was the original surname of the Galavan family? Dumas. It was. Yep. Yeah. Right. Next is what happened to Bridget? A.K.A. Firefly to render her as fireproof. She's got that weird suit, didn't she? Yep. And... And what? Is there more to it? Yeah. Something happens (laughs) at the end of the episode. I know she got pretty much burnt. I don't think that's... That's it. Oh, right. Okay, cool. Yeah, she's having a a gunfight with the the police and one of them severs a hose on the back and she gets covered in stuff and gets burned to a crisp. Mm-hmm. There you go. You've now officially beaten Gags. That's all that matters. Yeah, I can breathe easy now. You know what, Connors? You can run away with it. You should <laughs> run away with it. I'm cool with that. <laughs> right, Joey. Uh, what is the name of Victor Fry's? Freeze. Ill wife. Oh, um. <sighs> That's a great question. I remember the episode. I remember him going to save her. Ah, is it Laura? No. That is so close, man. It's Nora. Nora. Uh, uh, very close. Right, next. Now, these next two questions are really fucking hard because we always try and get harder as we go on, and so do the questions. <laughs> what version of Mr. Freeze's serum was the first one which successfully allowed a person to be reanimated after being frozen. He gave all, <laughs> he gave all the serums a number. Yeah, yeah, we do remember, but the long pause, no answer for me suggests, <laughs> are you fucking out your mind? <laughs> any ideas, any guesses? Connors, you should know this. Oh, this was for both of us? No, 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 this question. is for Nina. Oh, okay. is it? It's your last one, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, let's just make up a random... D- can I just have a little clue? Does it start with a number or not? It starts That's... with A and then there's a number after it. Okay, is it something like subject A257? 
Just... No, A16. Oh. That would have been a long episode if you had to get to 257. Yeah. Now, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, Joey. This is an even worse question, and I cackled when I, I thought of this one. I probably deserve it, but go ahead. Yes. We have to give you one that's going to at least make you cry a little bit. <laughs> okay, so what links Gotham with long-running sci-fi TV show Doctor Who? Oh, uh, I will say off the bat, I do not watch Doctor Who. Um, <sighs> yeah, you've got no chance then. Um, I don't even then. Uh, yeah, you are. The I've... only clue, the only clue is it's, it's related to the British actor in Gotham. Related. Um, Alfred? Yeah. So, I guess, are you asking for Alfred's name? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, th- there is a link that centers around Alfred. Huh. Um, British Special Forces, I have no idea. I don't watch Doctor Who, sorry guys. That's fine, man. It's quite a British question. I think I'd struggle as well. So, um, Sean Pertwee is the actor. His father, John Pertwee, was the third Doctor Who in the original series. Ah, okay. So, it's very tough. Yeah, so that's hard. What do we score? So, Joey scores three out of five. That Nick is scored two. two. I can live with that. That's, that's right. fine. That's respectable. Right. Yeah, I can't believe I got his uh, wife's name wrong, but... The last question I'm okay with getting wrong. <laughs> I would I would admit, like, I think a TV quiz is much harder than a film quiz. Yeah, because some of those I'll are, put that out some there. Of those are yeah. from, like, two years ago. Exactly. Yeah, if you had so no fair right, play. We had our bonus questions, which I'll throw out there anyway. There's a villain in season two. Uh, this one was for Nina, but you can both have a stab at it if you want. Season okay. two villain, name of Basil Carlo. Is known by what supervillain alias? Oh, that's um. <sighs> right at the end of season two, he's in about the last three or four episodes. Uh, it's Clayface. It is Clayface. And Joey, yours I was. I didn't remember Clayface, but yeah. <laughs> I'm I can't. Few... I can't even remember either, to be honest. He was. So... He, it's in the bit where um, they've captured Jim Gordon. And they put this um, mechanism over this guy's head and pour something in it. Ah, the guy that can the guy that can take on the yeah, face they of never the people. Uh, okay. Alien. Yeah, I remember now. They yeah. never call yeah. him Clayface, but that's who he is. And Joey, he, he acted. It's one of his better acting parts, actually, when he was pretending to be Clayface. It was oh, quite good when he's talking that like was this. Off. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good impression. That was quite. I really enjoyed that part. of the, end of the series when it got a bit crazy season two so um, and joey's bonus question was what is the name of azrael's sword oh uh, man i think they only said it once <laughs> um huh let me think about it for a second the name of azrael's sword well i'm gonna go with the comics and it was the sword of sin it was I think one time somebody referred to it as being the Sword of Sin. Okay. Good knowledge, man. Yeah. So, we will record those somewhere, and there will be some kind of... Eventually, when Gags tells us that we can't do this anymore, there'll be some kind of a league table published, (laughs) and Gags will be in the relegation zone at the bottom. He's like... He's, um, do you remember when Ipswich had that really shit season, when they just got battered by everyone? Gags is Ipswich. (laughs) 
Derby County of a few Ooh, years ago. Yeah. One of those where they got like 11 points across the whole season. Yeah, that's what I'm imagining. Yeah. So if we go on to our actual topic here of um, Gotham, we, we were going to do season one and then season two, but because we generally aren't big fans of season one, we thought we'd struggle to fill an hour of positive things. So we thought the logical thing to do was to cram them together and do a bit of you know one and two together. So if we go right back to the beginning, we'll start with Joey on this one. Um, what was your first impression when they actually announced that they were making a Gotham show, a Batman prequel? When I when I first heard about it, I was super excited. I'm the biggest Batman dork you'll ever meet in your life. Uh, so when I heard, first heard about it, I saw some trailers for it. I was excited, but I'm also hesitant that you'd produce a show just because the Batman scale of characters is unreal. And there's so many villains, there's so many good guys, there's... Gotham itself, you know, just the city, which is obviously after New York City, could just have a show without introducing characters. It's that interesting in comic book lore. So when I first heard about it, of course I would be excited. I love DC. Um, DC is way better than Marvel, at least comic wise. Yeah. Not, not even close. Um, and here's the thing: I I love dark, which is probably why I love Batman. I love dark characters. I love dark reading. Anything that's disturbing. I'm probably going to like it. So I had a feeling that that was going to be included. Now, I, season one was sort of hit or miss, per se. Season two was much better. But when it was first announced, I was excited, for sure. Yeah. Um, Nina, how did you feel when it was first announced? Were you pleased, upset, gassy? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you even... Did you even watch these things until... No, this it's is a recent trend, isn't it? It is. It's a recent trend for me, and I have to blame you guys. I actually watch way too much DC comic stuff for my liking now, and it kind of started. Um, obviously, I always saw it on Netflix, and it was there. And it used to kind of like it, it was quite tempting, but uh, it was only till after I watched Daredevil and Jessica Jones, and they were quite dark shows that I thought maybe I should give this a go. Having said that, I did have my sort of like reservations about it because obviously. Um, that you know, Batman wasn't a thing. You know, it was the the bad guys from the Batman sort of series, and uh, you know, and I thought to myself, well, Batman hasn't even gone through puberty yet. Is this something I really want to watch? You know, uh, Jim Gordon is he really going to be anything special? And I actually started watching it, and it was dark and it was eerie. And like Joey said, the, the bad guys from Batman actually do make the Batman series, I think, because you, you remember them. I mean, I am not a big comic person. You guys know this. It's like a new thing for me, but you know who the Joker is. You know who Catwoman is. You know who Two-Face is. You know who the Riddler is because you've you've at some point been introduced to them in your childhood. So it was quite easy for me to follow along. And I, I actually, believe it or not, I actually enjoyed series one, not going to lie. Controversial. We don't get much controversy on here. And what about you, Mr. Greenfield? Um, I was extremely sceptical um, because I like Nain said, really. It, it, you know, it's a, a Batman series without Batman was always going to be a little bit questionable. Um, and it kind of went a little bit under the radar for me. I, I think I was, I don't know, I, I, I didn't come onto it straight away. Um, but actually... Something strangely compulsive about that first series. Um, I think I remember watching it going, I don't really like this. And then watching another episode and going, 
ah, it's kind of finding ways to annoy me, but actually keeping my interest, which I know sounds a little bit daft, but sometimes things just just do that at first and you kind of grow to like them and um well i remember yeah, you saying to me you really struggled at points didn't you and you were really losing the will to carry on watching it and i think i watched i watched half the first series and then turned it off for yeah. about three or four months uh or if not longer actually i, I think i just went on to watching other things because i think you know I, I, honest as well like i had to catch up with the arrow um blitzed that in no time at all but it was a lot of series a lot of episodes and, and same with flash and stuff when i caught up with that um so yeah i kind of moved on to other things and then came back to it and i think all the hype over season two which which is is considerably improved just just turned me back onto it and i went right i'm gonna go watch it again um and i couldn't really put it down after that point so yeah the, 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 there are questionable elements i'll bring a couple up but it's it's good fun watching you know it's it that's all you need in these circumstances at times um and the villains are you know probably my favorite part about uh, the kind of dc universe anyway i think they've got the better villains much more interesting much more deep characters and stories to them and i saw you know introducing them all well like they've started to do in, at times is is gonna make for good watching so yeah i've been pretty much enjoying it for a, for a while really yeah um I, I was the i was the same i i was quite skeptical like i'm skeptical of the fact they're doing a superman prequel called krypton because exactly as, as you guys have all said how can you have a batman show that the main anchor that pulls this all together without batman and I, I was very, very unsure of it. I liked the idea at first. As, as Joey said, Gotham itself is such a messed up city. It's got such a, a strange aura about it. It's so fascinating. But at the same time, the main thing about Gotham is twofold. You've got the villains and then you've got the Batman. And if you take out the Batman, you rely so heavily on the villains. And I don't think that, the, that it did very well on that front in season one. But as you've just said, Rory, Batman villains are probably my favourite. And if you go back to the, the animated series that was out in something like 1994, that introduced people not just to the Joker and to Catwoman and Two-Face and the Riddler, but to some of the lesser-known ones like Clayface and oh, um, the Ventriloquist and a lot of the really sort of out-there Batman villains. And you got his whole gallery. So because of that, you, you can now bring in some of these characters that they've used, which we'll, we'll cover, like, you know, like Firefly, and it's not such a massive stretch. Um, the next point was uh, you, you had an impression of what the show was going to be like. Did that change once you actually started watching it? Did you sort of feel that you were justified in what you thought? Or did you sort of do a 180 and start thinking that you you maybe got it wrong? Uh, we'll go backwards this time, start with Rory. Uh, I'm not one to usually um, blow my horn or whatever, but it's, it's very much, yeah, I thought I was right, to be honest. I thought um, no Batman um, kind of kind of muddled storylines. I, I think we talked before about when Arrow... And it's very standalone episodes without moving the story on. It becomes a little bit dull, to be honest. Um, I think you need some kind of advancement, not just every episode where they're trying to cram in 
as many new characters and many new villains as possible. And I think for the first kind of half of the series, they, they tried to just throw too much at it. Um, and the storylines, I don't know, it, it didn't interest me that much. Um, the stuff with Don Falcone was quite interesting, the kind of mob boss battles and, and obviously the introduction of the Penguin. And I think we probably talk about Penguin as, as being quite an important character. Um, but that kind of came as the series kind of wore on. So yeah, I, w- I was still a little bit, like I said, a bit skeptical, but I'm kind of, you know, went back to it. Cause I think, especially the second series, and I will talk about it is, is, it's just far, far improved. It was much, much darker. And it felt like for once, you know, that when they've, they've actually improved the show, it's quite rare that normally they come out with all the, the best episodes and the best writing quite early. And then they struggle as the series go on. But actually, this this got, well, incredibly, you know, much more refined and the writing and the scripts and the stories far improved until the last few episodes in series two where it all went a bit fucking crazy. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what happened happened, you know, so. Well, that, that's, yeah, that's one way of putting it. Uh, Nina, did you sort of stand by your original uh, viewpoint of it once you actually started watching? Well, I'm just listening to you guys and I'm thinking, shit, have I got my judgment all wrong? Because I remember the first season when I watched it and I watched something like nine episodes altogether. So Rory said he switched off halfway through and then left it for months and went back to it. And I'm like, okay, I actually really enjoyed it. I I loved the mob element. I, I kind of really enjoyed that. And I, but another thing that I really liked about the first season, I mean, the second one was better, of course, but... Um, for me personally, because it was like a new thing to me and obviously I'm kind of new, I'm getting into all this. I kind of like the element of one episode kind of focused on one crime or one bad guy at a time. I mean, don't get me wrong, the, the main story or the main current of the story was um, uh, Bruce Wayne's parents being murdered and, you know, him trying to find them. That's always been there and it's still there till I think the end of season two. We're still trying to figure it out. But I love that one episode felt like a mini film. That's what it felt like to me. And I enjoyed that. Yeah, um, Mr. Connors. Um, I think my impression was kind of the same. Um, being such a Batman fan, there's sometimes it's, and I'm probably a comic book snob, so I'm a, I'm not the greatest person to ask this, but there are a few characters like it took me a long time to grow into Oswald Cobblepot Penguin's character because I just I'm looking at him like, is that bad acting like on purpose <laughs> or like? <laughs> It took me a while to figure that out, but I mean, the first season, I enjoyed it. I don't think it was as good as the second. I thought there was maybe too much mob involved. I will say, if I think the show was good, but if this show was on Netflix, it could have been amazing. And that's the only part that bothers me is I think they might have introduced too much too quick, and maybe that's because that's higher up execs exec saying we need ratings, we need ratings to start pumping characters out. But there's a there's an episode in season one, I think it's fifteen, where they literally introduce like the scarecrow and then never again. That to me is yeah. just it's absolutely like, he's a main Batman villain. Like you just can't that transition doesn't make any sense to me. So yeah, no, I still in saying that I still really like the show. There's just certain things that I I I kind of disagree with, that's all. Yeah, and the the strange thing about the way they did the scarecrow is he's now known because of the comic, and he was in the Nolan trilogy. Yeah. So it, the, the idea of putting him out there isn't that wacky. It was a good episode, wasn't it? The, the way he did it was pretty good. Sort of the, the very beginnings of his, his fear toxin. 
But yeah, when you think some of the villains that have been there and come back and come back again, it, it doesn't really make sense that one of, as you said, one of Batman's major villains who's always there in the background and sometimes he's either working with other Batman villains or he's controlling them or whatever and he's always in the background doing something like Two-Face very often is and of course like the Joker always is. Um, I, yeah. I, I was sort of... I was sort of along the same sort of tone between Nina and Rory. I did enjoy the first season, but I did sort of find myself grinding along and I did think I was watching it because it was just comic related because it had Batman elements to it. And I think if it had just been another show, if it wasn't Gotham, if it was just a show about, you know, a kid's parents get killed and you've got all this shit going on in the city, I think I probably would have given up on it. But then I would have been disappointed because season two took off so well and has just gone at 100 mile an hour for the whole 20-something episodes, I would have been disappointed if I hadn't stuck with it. And it does look like they've, they're trying to stay as true as they can to the source material in some elements. But as we'll, we'll talk in a, in a little bit more detail, they are deviating massively in other areas. And I actually think you're spot on, Joe, with what you said. If this was on something other than Fox... I think it would look completely different. If it was on the CW, I think it would have a much better pace. If it was on AMC, it would have a much better pace. But because it's on one of, surely, I, I imagine it in America, Fox must be one of, what, the top two or three networks? Yeah, so it's the, usually NBC and, yeah, so pretty so much. The, the pressure for those guys to be getting, you know, right, we need five million people every week, no exceptions, must be incredibly difficult. Whereas you look at the likes of, you know, Flash and Arrow, if they drop a couple of hundred thousand people each week across the season, they don't they don't make any knee-jerk reactions. So we'll never know. But as you said, if it had been on Netflix, it would probably be award-winning because Netflix just seems to get every show absolutely right. They get the tone, they get the pace, they get the, the stories right and all the rest of it. But you never know, maybe in a few years it'll get cancelled and then it'll get picked up by Netflix as seems to be the popular demand these days. So uh, across the two seasons, uh, we'll start with Nina this time. Who's your favourite villain that they've introduced? Ignore them from films or cartoons or comics or other TV shows. Just mm-hmm. in the context of Gotham, who's been your favourite? See... I've got a soft spot for uh, fish. More controversy. <laughs> Have you? This is hugely controversial. This is so That's... controversial. And, yeah. and, I, and the reason why I look, and I'm talking about the the obviously, uh, if you're talking about the whole thing, I think the most standout character for me is personally Penguin. I think when you think about Danny DeVito, and you think no one can top that, and then this guy actually does do a pretty decent job. I personally think he does. I'm going to have to disagree. He's very good. Robin, he is, Robin he, he, he grows into it well, actually. Yeah. You know, and, and he, he looks that way and he looks like he's got poor personal hygiene. You can just sense <laughs> <everything from his laughs> disgusting, but he plays it so well. Like he just physically made me sick, but I can't stop looking at him. But for me, Fish Mooney, I, I kind of love the fact that she's this little tiny little black woman fierce always well dressed put together and just so kick ass and at one point she was almost like the kingpin of of gotham this, I, this, I really this is too much her. controversy i'm gonna need to lie down i'm so sorry but... <laughs> uh, go on then uh rory your favorite villain across the the two seasons well 
he's not really become the villain he's going to become, but uh, but Nigma's portrayal I really liked. Um, mm. I think the way he acts is is really good. I think his storyline's really good, um, and. Yeah, he's he's just he does schizophrenic extremely well. And I was just going to say he, he does the split personality very convincingly, doesn't he? Almost he too does, convincingly. He does. Yeah, it's it's quite rare um, that actors you know do it quite so effectively. You know, I've seen actors fail to try and do that, and yeah, he's very good. Um, and the kid also, just to mention it, the kid who isn't the Joker. I don't know who he is. Do Jerome. you know what I mean? Yeah. So I thought he was he was pretty standout for those kind of three or four episodes he was in as well. Right. Joey? I'm actually going to have to completely agree with Rory. Um, yes. I thought Enigma was awesome. Um, and I, I thought about the Joker, not Joker character, Joker's you know sacred ground for me is my favorite all time. I thought he did that crazy part well. Um, I, I wanted this, I wanted really bad to say Azrael because he's just an awesome character, but I don't know. I didn't really like so much the way they did that. I like bits and pieces of it, but sometimes his fighting scenes where he's getting his ass kicked. I'm like, Azrael's a little tougher than that. <laughs> but, yeah. So, yeah. Gonna, the, the fight scenes were, 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 were bad. They I were, they were wooden yeah. as hell. They really were. Yeah. Cause he's such a badass character, but I thought, no, I thought Nygma was, she was, that was awesome acting. I thought, yeah, I'm going to have to throw my hat into the into the Enigma ring as well. He's been... I like the way they introduced him as a background character, so when they say that his name is Edward Enigma, your ears sort of prick up and you go, but hang on, he, he works for the police, but doesn't he become yeah. the Riddler? And you're sort of thinking, well, are we going to see that? And then gradually you just get the little, the little darker bits of his personality come out, and then he gets really obsessive with Miss Kringle, then obviously he kills her, and then... The, the guilt of, of killing her and the, the drive that he's got to embarrass Jim Gordon is, seems to be what ultimately splits the personality and he's got Edward Nygma on one side and then the Riddler is coming out on the other. But I'm also going to give a shout out to, um, to Mr. Freeze as well. I thought they did Mr. Freeze incredibly well considering the last time we saw him he was being absolutely butt-fucked by Arnold Schwarzenegger and just ruined beyond repair. Because with him, they added the very human element, didn't they? You can sort of see why he is doing the things he's doing. He's not a bad guy. He's doing it all with a sort of a noble cause. He's just trying to save his wife, and he, it, which which is what they did in in the the animated series in the episode that I cannot remember the title of. But I, I think at the end of that episode, Batman helps out Freeze because he realizes that he, he isn't a bad man. He's just trying to do what he what he feels he needs to do to repay his wife's faith in him and what have you with the the, the illness that she's got. Uh, and as Joey said, Azrael was good, but not as good as it should have been. I was worried when they introduced Azrael when they announced it because Gotham. I think one thing Gotham does very well they do teasers very very well. They introduce characters at just the right time and give you just a little snippet of what they're going to do. And then they leave it for a week or two and let you stew on it. But Azrael, I think they should have left alone because there's just too much mythology. There's too much history to go through to just bring him in and say, oh, he's come back from the dead and we've just done this. They missed out all the conditioning and the brainwashing and all the subliminal shit that he goes through to make him this incredibly ferocious warrior where he becomes 
I mean, at one point, Azrael does actually take over from Batman in the comics. So I think they did. They did all that though, mate, in about ten minutes. I know, but <laughs> do you know what that the way is? Gotham works, though, isn't it? It's very much a paint by numbers kind of series, which is good. Which is why we all, you know, you, you need some kind of light relief. But um, it doesn't. It's never going to throw much depth into a character when they're introducing them, and then that you know they're on for two episodes, and that's your lot kind of thing. Or you know, yeah. So. Like you say, like you said, it's it, it's very standalone in places. They've got an undercurrent running in the background, but then it's like this episode does this, bang, done. Next episode does this, bang, done. But at yeah. least in season two, they started knitting things together with the Indian Hills story in the background. They brought people back. So Firefly was dead, then she comes back. Fish Mooney was dead, then she comes back. So there's always something. and she died about twelve times. It feels like, I'll be yeah, honest. and uh, uh, that that is a wonderful segue onto the next bit, which is least favorite characters. And I'm gonna just say Fish Mooney can fuck off because <laughs> I hate. <laughs> I just don't understand why they felt the need with the rogue gallery that Batman's got to write a new character. And Rory and I don't like Jada Pinkett Smith anyway, so it's what? really hard. Awesome. Oh, I, I just, want I well, want to like her because Will Smith is such a nice guy, but she is awful. She's on the list with like Kirsten Dunst and um, <laughs> oh, oh, I know this Claire Danes. Yes, oh, oh, right. it's a long list, man. For it, you, it's so getting it's longer. Always... Yeah. Anyway, Joey, <laughs> least favorite villain in the series. I don't want to just be vanilla and agree with you, but she's, it's so bad. It's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Just has no point on the show. They just, because it was Jada Pinkett, she needed work. They threw her on the show. I don't, I don't understand why a main character, character like that could have went to somebody else, a better villain. I don't know why you'd give it to her. And there was other people I tried because I knew you were going to say that. And I'm like, oh, let me think of somebody else. But I, she's just so bad. It's like a sore thumb, isn't it? It really stands out. Yeah, it's awful. She, I mean, she is, she is bad. And there's some, there's some bad acting in here. There are some good acting. But it's just the worst. One of the worst characters I've ever seen, probably, in any comic book. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nina. We are shitting all over you on this one. So now's your chance to get some revenge. Who's been your least favorite villain? I'm going to say Fish Mooney. No, am I? <laughs> you, you assholes. Uh, for me, I mean, I heard you guys um, shout out the Joker as one of your best um, villains. He actually annoyed the fuck out of me. And Smart. for me, I'm not just saying it just to try getting one back, but for me, it, lo- it looked like the kid who was playing him sort of just watched a lot of Heath Ledger and just channeled Heath Ledger and did, from in my opinion, a poor job. I completely. I don't. Agree. I don't. I don't think he brought anything new to the table, and he was actually annoying to to fuck. And what a, what a, a lot of people thing. didn't like about him was one of the one of the main things that the Joker's got in his locker is nobody really knows the true story of what happened, why he is the way he is, and mm. there has never been any element of him killing his mum when he was a child. And I remember having conversations with um, a couple of people you might follow. There's Anna and there's Ben, um, Anais mm. and Beeve. And they were both frothing at the mouth for this exact reason, saying, why have they tried to explain the unexplainable? There are some things that are better left unsaid. Mm. And to, to have to say, oh, well, he's the Joker, and oh, he did this when he was, what, 14, 15? But exactly as you said, I think he's just channeled Heath Ledger, and I don't think he did it. The only thing he did well was the laugh. The mm. laugh was haunting. 
but the mm. rest of it was irritating and I was made up when you killed him. I almost as happy as when Joffrey died on Game of Thrones. <laughs> it was that big. <laughs> so go on, Rory, your last. I've got a, I've got a long list. I'll be By honest. It's I I've got a long list. It's quite a long list. So um, the first one, because uh, yeah, I'm not going to cover Fish Mini. It's, it's been done, and yeah, we, we know. Um, Silver Saint Cloud, if she's is, if she's known as being, oh, it's just a bad actress. Um, very bad. She is awful, to be honest. She she's got awful. Um, and there is no chemistry, is that? I mean, and it must be difficult trying to get chemistry between you know two, two young actors, two kids. But yeah. my God, if you put. Um, David, oh, I think it's David Merez talking to a wardrobe. There'd be more chemistry and yeah, less wood it, involved. More it... <laughs> oh. MDF. Um, yeah, Ivy, Poison Ivy's portrayal. I know again, young actress, but really, really, really poor. To be honest, um, Hugo Strange, worst oh. part about season two. Really? Oh. Oh, yeah. you can get, yes. I'm gonna, just hang on, I'm going to kick you off the Skype call because you can get to fuck wow. on that one. No. Wow. Thou shalt speak there. no ill of B.D. Wong. He is a god was... amongst men. That's surprising, Rory. <laughs> yeah. I just, I didn't enjoy it. I thought his character was well, ridiculous. You heard it here first, and I thought... folks, This is the dissolving of the AI comic pod. There shall be no more because Rory's been a penis. <laughs> <laughs> right i'll do one more let's move on um sal maroney right david zayas good actor was in dexter for the whole thing um but I, I thought his portrayal of maroney was really hammy like italian mob really he poor quite smelly as well didn't he <laughs> he did didn't he, he nah, i'm done i'm done we can go to a break if you want we can go i think we should go to a break and we'll be back in a sec Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're listening to the Enfield Indies Podcast. 
Thanks for sticking with us, we're back. Next thing we'll cover off, this one might be a bit harder, as Rory said before, with it being a TV show review of over a couple of years. Any standout episodes for you, Rory? Anything that's especially stuck in your mind that made you think, I want to carry on watching this? I think that, you know, the whole of the kind of opening of Series 2 was just, like you said, hell for leather. You know, that it just, it completely took me by surprise because I just didn't expect them to come out all guns blazing it was much much darker um so yeah those kind of episodes as a, as a kind of group together and then i think i think episode five was firefly's introduction um and i just remember really enjoying that episode i think she was an interesting character not not in, you know not load of screen time but just the visuals and i thought they kind of stepped it up quite a lot in that second series i thought now we're going to talk about it but they took on board the kind of maybe some of the mistakes they made in the first series, and and it's yeah, what you I want thought, to see, isn't it? You want to see them go yeah. back and say, right, they, I think they they were guilty of what Agents of Shield was guilty of. They they were a bit cautious in the first season, whereas shows like The Flash just went, you know what, fuck it. If we get one season, let's make it a brilliant season, and they didn't yeah. leave anything behind. Whereas Gotham was a, a little bit walking on eggshells, and they could maybe have done a little bit better, but you accept why they've done it, and they've clearly made amends. It's infinitely better, isn't it? I mean, you can't really compare the two. No, they're, they're almost non-comparable. You know, it, literally, it's like they've, they've fired all the writers. Um, they've, re, you know, they've hired a different production team. It, it, it's quite different in style, and the pacing's much more different, and the story is, is evolved over each episode, not just kind of, you know, let's throw a lot of characters in each episode and, and then they're disappearing for, for 10 episodes or whatever. So, it, yeah, it was much, much different, um, much more established characters. And I enjoyed it. I, I thought second series was, was far, far, far better. Yeah. Joey, what about you? Any particular episodes that have got you salivating? Well, I thought 17, episode um, number 17, the first season, Into the Woods, when Nigma has Gordon captured. And then he confesses to um, framing him, and then where he, where he hid Kristen Kringle's body. I thought that was that was pretty. That, that's why I like one of the reasons I love the Enigma character so much. That is the essence of him. He's just a crazy bastard, but you know he's always paranoid too. And that episode really showed you who that character really is. And the other one was uh, number twenty, Under the Knife, where I, I think the ogre's in that, and he he ends up taking yes. Uh, Barbara back to his B- BDSM lair. That shit freaked me out. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was. was intense. And Milo Ventimiglia was a really good piece of casting because he plays, mm. he's a very yeah. convincing psychopath. Yeah, big time. I thought they were, there was a lot of them, but they're the two that I remember in my head that was like, whoa, that was really good. And that, that was really, a big turning point, I think, that, that episode, actually. Yeah, yeah, and it really transitioned well into the second season because obviously the second season's better, but, you know, you want to see better episodes towards the end of the first. Yeah. Yeah. And what about you, Nina? Well, you know what? I was That was the episode that I was going to talk about. Now I don't look so intelligent because, you know, Joey Connors has just stolen my limelight and thunder there. I thought that was a massive turning point. And I was really hooked on that storyline where 
all them women just went missing and he was obviously just killing them if they were up to his standard. And again, yeah, brilliant piece of casting because he was obviously a perfectionist. What it's, he's looking for perfection. He was quite perfect to look at. And obviously I'm a shallow person. I respond well to that. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? That is going to keep my interest. And I was actually really worried for Barbara Keane in that little time when she was involved with him because I thought, oh God, she's going to die. And then just the complete turn where she turns into a, a complete and utter psycho and obviously she kills her parents. And I thought that was the massive turning point of her character because I always thought, and correct me if I'm wrong, because obviously when I watch, like, say, The Dark Knight and stuff and Jim Gordon, his wife's called Barbara. Yeah. So to me, that was really shocking because I thought, hang on, he ends up with this woman or it seems like he ends up with this woman, but she's a nutter. Yeah. So I'm quite intrigued about that now. I think it's one of those things like they've done with the Joker, where they're sort of being a little bit, a little bit. They've loose made with... they've made it up. They've made it up. Yeah, oh, okay. they're, they're being a little bit loose with the the, the story to make it more interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to talk about the Mister Freeze episode, but you talking about Barbara killing her parents reminded me yeah, of that an was... even better one, the one where Oswald killed his bitch stepmom. Yes. That oh yeah. Was, and then he sits there and he's got the, the dead bodies just sat around the table and they've got flies festering around them and he's just covered yeah. in blood. That was mm. brilliant because now I thought the same as you. He was a little bit, he was terrible in the beginning. He was so wooden. He was, it was like he was deliberately trying to be more than awkward. He was trying to be shit. But now he's really sort of gone from being cobblepot into living up to being the penguin. He looks more ruthless. Because he's lost everything, hasn't he? He didn't really have anything, but he had fish. Then he loses fish. Then he had butch. Then he loses butch. But then he gets his dad, and everything's brilliant. And then this bitch woman kills his dad. And he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I've got nothing else to lose anymore. I may as well just go full psycho. And it's just going to be interesting to see how they go. Because I would like to see Penguin now become the big bad of the third season and have everything else that happens be as a result of his word. So he's controlling what happens. Whether they will or not, I don't know. But it will be interesting. What do we think, um, you know, major characters in it? Because <clears throat> we've probably got to discuss them. So what do we think of Gordon's kind of, you know, Ben McKenzie's effort as I like James him. Gordon? I really like him. I think he's done a really, really good job, even though he's he's looked that age since he was about... Since, since he was in the O.C.? Stage. He, yeah. he hasn't aged a day, so whether it's monkey placenta or gamma radiation <laughs> or something, whatever it is, it's working. But I like him. I think he's got the he's got the gruff aspect. He throws a good punch. He doesn't look unconvincing when he's in the fight scenes, and we've never really seen that of Gordon, have we? Because Gordon's always been like mid late fifties, so he's slowed down a bit. He's not really one to get in a fisty cuffs with anyone. But I, I think he does attract a lot of criticism because I think a lot of people think he's got absolutely no charisma. And I'm guessing one of you is probably about to say that. I, I just, just quickly, I think he, he holds it together pretty well, you know, because obviously he's the main character. He's in every episode. So a lot of it kind of singles around him. So I thought as an actor, he, he held it together really well. It's quite a big, that's a big like, thing to carry as an actor, I think. Oh, know, yeah. The main part. And, and certainly in something like this, like we've said, you've got, if you're talking about the whole of Gotham, the, the whole of the Batman universe, if you take out Batman, which means you take out all of his sidekicks, who's the next sort of main figure of, of, of authority? And of course, it's Jim Gordon. He's the, the go-to. He's the go-between between the vigilante and the actual side of law and order. So he, he's the linchpin, isn't he? Like you said, he's in every episode. Yeah. He, he holds the whole series down. Uh, what about you, Nina? 
yay or nay? I, I actually really do like it. When I first watched the first episode, and I'm like, oh my God, he was in the RC. And then I was like, oh God, you know, will he be convincing? And I think the thing that I really liked about him was in, in like, say, the Batman films, certainly every time I've been exposed to, say, a Jim Gordon in the films, he's always been good by the book. And here there's a bit of a dark element, like he will turn a blind eye to, like, the penguin doing some shady shit if it's if it serves him do, do you know what i mean i like that it makes it a bit real for me yeah and, and and he's also had the bit where he he was willing to let everyone think wasn't he that he's done all kinds of horrible shit he, he was willing mm. to let the criminals of the world think that he killed penguin so he's okay with people thinking that he's a bit bent whereas gary um gary oldman's portrayal was the exact opposite wasn't he He was always mm. trying to root out the evil in the gcpd mm. go on then joey yeah. are we getting a full house of yays for for Ben McKenzie? Yeah, I'm going to say yeah, although I was very hesitant about Ben McKenzie doing it because of the OC, like it's not my type of show. So I wasn't sure how he was going to be, but I think he's nailed it. Yeah. I don't understand why he gets a lot of criticism. I think it might be that that you've just said. I think maybe people have got a preconception because his major role was in a very teen show. Would he be able to transition into something that we expect to be quite dark and gritty? And he's not perfect, but most actors aren't. But he's done a good enough job, hasn't he? If, if the show was to be cancelled, you, you certainly wouldn't think that Gotham was going to be a black spot on his CV. Uh, and that, that actually reminds me, when Rory mentioned before about Poison Ivy, she's actually been massively recast for the upcoming season because she must have been, what, it was 12, probably, 13 years uh, old? Yeah, probably 14. They, they tend to... They tend to cast them and, and make them appear or look younger. So she was probably like 15, 16, but yeah, yeah she did she's appear very young. Cast and she's supposed to, I think she's going to be around 19, 20. So I think that they, I think by doing that, they've unofficially said, you know what, we really didn't do a good job on this one. Let's just draw a line through it. Try again. Which, which is good. I, I, I personally find that admirable that they're willing to admit their mistake and say, right, we still want to use Poison Ivy. Rather than bombing her out, they're just going to plough ahead with a, with a new older actress and just pretty much forget that the other one existed. So the, the next thing, we, we've already touched on it a little bit anyway, slash a lot, about the season two change in tone. It went from being quite light to being, I think, a lot darker. It went from being quite scatty in season one to being very much focused around right something's going on in Indian Hills, what the hell's going on? And every episode really dips into that, doesn't it? We start getting more about Hugo Strange and all the crazy stuff that he's doing in the background. Did you guys appreciate the change in tone or would you have been happier if it stayed the way season one was running? Joey? Um, I thought season two, the beginning of it, or the whole thing, excuse me, was awesome. I love the change in direction. Again, I love dark. I, I just think it makes for better anything, really. TV, comics, writing, doesn't matter. Um, and I, I, you had a feeling the whole time, like, anybody could really die, which is kind of what you want to see in that kind of um, TV environment. Like, if it's a crime mystery type thing, you want to know that anybody could die. So I thought it was awesome. I liked most of the characters introduced, not all of them. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was excellent. And Rory? I think I know yeah, yeah, answer. just just echo that, mate, to be honest. So, um, yeah, I thought... Far, far, far improved. Um, and all the characters went in an interesting direction. Anyone they'd struggled a little bit with previously, they tended to rewrite, make them a little bit more interesting. They all got a little bit more depth, you know, that the stories were added upon. Um, even Alfred had some kind of, you know, 
Last time Sean Pertwee's a bit of an interesting cast as, as Alfred, but, you know, it works in, in some ways. Um, and, you know, they, they gave him a storyline. And even Bruce, you know, Bruce's character started to try and develop a little bit. You know, we I, I'm never too harsh on child actors because it's bloody hard, you know. So, but, you know, there was some, some quite interesting storylines and it, it kind of just moved away from solely being about who killed his parents and got a little bit more interesting. So yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Like, like you said, it's hard to be too, too harsh on him because he's got a very unenviable task. Nobody really has ever in any detail seen Bruce Wayne, the, the in-between years we've seen his late teens, you know, his early twenties when he goes away and he trains in Batman begins, but nobody's seen the immediate aftermath of this young kid, not, not even a teenager or an early teen, whatever, dealing with his mum and dad are gone, he's being looked after by his butler, and then all this shit comes out about all the stuff that's happening at Wayne Enterprises. He's then dealing with some very grown-up stuff. He's dealing with... He's, he's trying to be forced out, isn't he, of Wayne Enterprises. They don't want him to know what's going on in the inner circle. And then he finds the secret cave downstairs, which we're all assuming eventually is going to become the Bat Cave. Yeah, which was a nice little Easter egg. I appreciated that when they found that cave. That was nice, and the and then they they brought in Lucius Fox, who a few years ago Lucius Fox would have been a nobody character, but because of what Morgan Freeman did in the Nolan films, everybody now recognises Lucius Fox as being the Wayne Enterprises guy who basically became Batman's gear pimp. He gave him everything that he used. And Nina. I actually liked what was going on in, in Arkham with um, Hugo Strange. And I actually really liked the character. I love the fact that he actually said very little. And a lot of his, um, you know, he was quite monotone and quite cold. He is. He's very cold. Very. Yeah, he's very cold. And, you know, he, he made you uneasy just watching him and you knew some shit was going down, whatever he was doing. And like, obviously he was creating all these um, villains and stuff. And, you know, he was um, genetically modifying them and giving them superpowers and, and such things. And I actually really enjoyed it. I'm sort of going to segue onto it. This is a bit of a strange one. How do you feel about the introduction of new original characters? We all know who I'm talking about. <laughs> whilst you're speaking about Bruce Wayne, what I really appreciated about Gotham, this series was, you know, when you just say, watch the films and stuff, you always think, oh, you know, he was born into privilege, he had a lot of money, blah, 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 you know, yeah, his parents died, but if you actually watch the series, and certainly in season two, you really get a a sense of his life, he is a loner, he doesn't have friends, and, you know, he's constantly obsessing about finding his parents' killers, because if he's actually got nothing else to do, if you think about it, he's isolated, and you get a, a sense of that. I, and I really appreciated that, that, you know, life isn't all great if, if, you know, if you're born into privilege and you have all this money. Because if you actually look around him, he's got absolutely nothing bar a butler. Yeah, and they, there's quite a lot of scenes, isn't there? Whenever you see them, they're generally sitting in the study. And you can imagine yeah. that all he'd be doing otherwise would be rattling around this huge mansion with just Alfred mm. for company. And it, 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 you're absolutely right. It would be a really lonely existence. So what else has he got to do? other than looking mm. into the greatest tragedy that could ever, you know, happen to a child. Indeed. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna badmouth Vish Mooney in any way, shape or form. I mean to me, uh, the character that I found really um interesting of I me, mean, we were speaking about Hugo Strange, but you know what really kind of again, I'm obviously new to all this and when there was like obviously a Doctor Strange, I kind of kept thinking about the Marvel character and I was like, 
I'm getting really confused. Why is, why is he called strange? <laughs> you are not the only one. We've had a couple of people have asked us that. Oh, I well, I, I feel less stupid now. I think Joey can probably feel this one. He's not really Doctor Strange, is he? He's Professor Strange. Yes. Yeah, he's but not. The, but the timing could have been a little bit better. Because he is a doctor and he is called Hugo Strange. But, yeah. No, I, I, I get what you mean. There were a couple of people that came to us and said, well, hang on, is this like the Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel thing? Are they both Are they both called Doctor Strange? What's the difference between the two of them? But he's not actually Doctor Strange. Oh, it's, it's been handled strange. And under, under normal circumstances, if there wasn't this film coming out in a few months, it wouldn't really have made any difference. No, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, with regards to this movie, I know you've all slagged her and slated her and, you know, I'm going to have to kind of disagree with you. But the thing that I kind of liked about that whole element of the mob was, you know, there's more bad guys who are actually human who don't have superpowers than there are actual people with superpowers. I know there's a lot in Gotham, but I kind of appreciate the fact that the bad guys are just normal guys in suits with guns. And I kind of like that she represented that. And I, I personally love the fact that when she did actually just take out her eye with a spoon. I'm going to give her that one. That one was badass as fuck. That really was. Because she clearly, she knew, didn't she, that the doll maker yeah. had her up against the wall. And as long as she was like that, she was useful to him. So the best thing she could do was just screw with his plans. And it was a pretty gross scene. Because if I remember rightly, she just kind of dropped it on the floor, didn't she? Mm. Oh, Yeah. I'm getting flashbacks to a film, and I don't know what film. It'll come to me probably on, like, Wednesday, Thursday. So if I do, I'll tweet about it, and you'll all be terribly <laughs> delighted. <laughs> can I Can I quickly? So they're not new original characters as such. They, um, they are originals, but not portrayed in this way before. So Selena Kyle, haven't had a... That's all new. Do you know what I mean? We, we don't know Catwoman as a teenager, do we? So, uh, you know, she's obviously, I know you're a bit negative about her, Stu, but I, I don't know. I, I think she's quite charismatic. I quite like. No, she's good. The, the, the girl that plays her is very good and she's actually a dancer and she uses a lot of that in the way she moves and you can see why they've done it. She's very agile and she's got that cat-like flexibility. The bit that I don't like is the forced relationship because it, it's well known in, across several different types of media there's always been this sexual undertone between Batman and, and Catwoman. I think they've got it on a few times. There's always this element of Batman sees the good in her and she likes getting under his skin. She likes pissing him off and then she'll just fly away and you know disappear. But I don't like the fact that they're forcing them together at the age of like 15, 16. I just, it's another one of those decisions why there's so much more they could be doing. Why force them together? probably 10 years earlier than they actually met. Yeah, the one thing... Go, go, go for it, mate. No, no, go for it. I wanted to talk about Hugo Strange a little more. I mean, he's... Hugo Strange in Batman lore is... He's the... He, I mean, he's been around since uh, Detective Comics 36, which is like February 1940, around that time. So that was his first introduction. I mean, he's... He's one of Batman's first original villains. I mean, he's actually... On another geek note, he's the first one to... um figure out batman's identity so he's he's quite a massive character uh so big difference from the that that strange and the steven strange in marvel who yeah quite a difference one's in the mystics and things like that and the other one's super intellect who is you know he's a huge batman character have you got any particular thoughts on the original characters that they've dropped in good bad 
indifferent? Uh, I think some are good, some are bad. Um, I know Rory and Nina already talked about a couple of them. The one I didn't like, and you might disagree with this too, I, I didn't really like Freeze's character. I, I, that's oh, so... <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, you know, we're picking you off too today. We, we all disagree with you. It's so hard to get that, portray that on screen. There's just too much going on, and I, I just wasn't feeling that. I mean, I did like a lot of them. But the, the fake Joker, I thought his... I know Nina hated him, but I didn't like him per se, but yeah, some of his facial expressions, and I think when they asked him, he finally admits to it. He's like, yeah, because she was like a lying, my whore mother or something like that. <laughs> something something crazy came out of his mouth, and I was like, whoa, okay, didn't see that coming. But yeah, I thought a lot of the characters were good, and then again, like Freeze, and thought Azrael could have been better. But yeah, overall, I think they did a decent job. It's just maybe a little too much at once. Now it's fair enough. Well, that's the whole point in these things, isn't it? To debate amongst friends without taking any offence. But I am going to cry myself to sleep tonight, so I hope you're all happy. We are. We're yeah, very I thought, happy. I, thought, I knew fine. you would be, dick. So on a, on a final note, whenever you think of Gotham, you obviously think of Batman. Do you guys think we will ever actually see any kind of depiction of Batman in Gotham? Rory? I think, I think final frame... I think final frame of whatever series they end on, I think you'll see Batman. I, I don't think they'll introduce it. I think it's too brave. And I think they'll almost be not allowed to, which I know sounds strange, but oh, no, you know I what it's be like. Because Warner Brothers have been very, very particular about who can use what. Because they, they yeah. did it with Arrow, didn't they? Arrow introduced um, Task Force X, a.k.a. the Suicide Squad. It and is. then all of a sudden, when the Suicide Squad film was announced... They were told, you do not do that shit anymore. They let them have Amanda <laughs> Waller, but then they told her that they had to kill Amanda Waller off. Yeah. So they are very, very careful about who can have certain aspects of the Batman universe. And I think they've been very generous with who they've given them. They've pretty much given them free reign over the entire Batman oh, they universe. Have. Yeah, they have. Apart from Batman. So, Nina, do you think we'll ever see Batman? I'm with Rory here. I think it might be like the final frame. What you need to remember is he's still a kid. He's still harnessing his skills. He still has a lot to discover. I mean, he's only just his voice is only just broken. So we're going to be waiting a long time before we see Batman in Gotham. So if it does happen, I think it'll be at the very end. Do you think they could recast Bruce Wayne? Yeah, they'd have to do that. They, they have do, to do, do that. He's, they he's will, a scrawny though. kid. Do you think he's fifteen years old? So I just don't think it'll happen. Do you think maybe like they'll that. do another two seasons, and then all of a sudden they'll do a big, massive time jump and say, "Right, Batman's twenty now." Or I didn't watch Smallville, so did they do full-on Superman uh, like, for a while? I or I don't know. I gave up after a couple of seasons. I've watched all Smallville, and I'm trying to remember. Cause it was a long time ago. I. I don't think so. And and I think if they did Batman, I think that'd be kind of dumb. Just kind of stick to what your bread and butter is right now. I, if I, I do agree with Rory and Nina, if you guys, if you put it at like sort of right at the end when the show was going off air, fine. But I don't know why you'd even, the whole premise of the show was like pre Batman. So why would yeah. you, it wouldn't make sense to me. I, I think I'm, I'm the same. I think that's what they'll do. I think the last frame of the last episode of the last season, whenever that is, will be something along the lines of Alfred walks into that cave and it's something like, Master Bruce, what are you doing? And all you're going to see is like the swoosh of a cape 
and that'll be it. You won't actually see the cape, the cowl. You won't see the Bat logo. There'll just be an implied image of Batman, and then it'll go to black, and that'll be it. Yeah, because as you say, as soon as they actually turn round, and you've got some twenty-something-year-old actor wearing a primitive version of the Bat suit, they've just lost the whole point of Gotham, which was what did Gotham do before there was the Batman? When it was all just normal, when it was mob stuff, when it was super villains in their infancy before they be when they were normal villains rather than super villains you know yeah. before they became genius level intellect and all the rest of it but all in all it sounds like we're all reasonably happy with it which is good because we need yeah more i think you've got to keep it you've got to keep it at face value don't you do you know what i mean and that's the thing you, you can't critique these things too much i'd never i'd never critique it like i'm watching a film I'd be I'd be harsher on a film because I know the acting and the budget and the direction, everything else that's gone into it is a really different thing. But I think what Joey said earlier about comparing it to to Netflix Marvel productions does take the gloss off it a little bit because it, it's just not near those standards, um, and they've thrown a little bit too much at it. But you know, it, it's certainly improved. Excellent. Well, I think we will put a nice little bow around that one. Any, is there anything, starting with Joey, anything that you want to advertise at the minute, anything that you're working on, any pods that you're going to be guesting on? Um, I just recently did a Muhammad Ali Anfield Index Legends pod that I thought went really well. Everybody should listen to that. Even if you're not into Ali, there's a lot of things we talk about that would hit home for many people. And um, I've done five comic pod articles, and I am working almost done with number six. Woohoo! You put us to shame. Yeah, you you really should people be list uh, be be reading those articles. We've had we've had uh, a close look at Wonder Woman, which was brilliant. Looking into the Wonder Woman more as yeah, not just a great as a character, article, but as a, as a feminist icon as well. We've had a couple of verses which have been really good, which was especially good because we had Thor versus Superman, which was a particular favourite. And basically, whenever Joey's got a sleepless night, we get an article, so it works well for us. <laughs> uh, Nina, anything that you're working on besides the obvious? Well, I just want to give a shout out to um, Joey's pod there, the Ali one. It's probably one of the best pods I've ever edited, probably because it's about the greatest man in, in sports and just in general. Uh, loved it so much. So, a huge congrats on that. And it was an excellent hosting debut. And yeah, uh, Rory, you did a badass job at hosting the post match. So I've got to give you some Thank credit you, there. Yeah, you, you nailed it. I listened and I thought, you know what? This might be a Sturridge or Easy situation right here. And me giving I'm, not competing. I'm not competing. <laughs> There's plenty of room for both of us. As long as we don't get knocked out to Derby County, I'll be on for a couple more anyway. Nah, I, I, I think you're in there. So, yeah. And all I'm going to say is, um, guys, I went to watch Suicide Squad and they um, showed um, the trailer for Strange. And my sister was like, oh, that looks really good. She, and she looked at me and she went, what's it about? And I went, I don't know. I'll get Rory and Steve to do a pod. <laughs> Can you please um, oblige the girls? We will. We will do a preview. Yes. We'll be, Thank we'll you be so doing much. a preview reasonably soon, won't we? Because if that's out in November. October. Oh, October. Oh, well, we, we'll I be think. doing one next month then. Oh, and can I give a shout out to your biggest um, uh, listener, um, Ali Thompson? Uh, of course. Yeah, shout out to you. I know you're a huge fan of this show, so just mentioning you here. Ah, it's so nice. What about, Thank you, uh, very supportive. I've said that on Twitter many, many times and on a few pods. You it's very, very good to us. Yes. I did. You did. Uh, anything that you want to whore out, Mr. Greenfield? 
Yeah, just as Nina very kindly said, I, I hosted the uh, you know thankful task of, of the five nil versus Burton last week with um, Andy Wales and Yarrow. That was really good, um, and I'm finally finally persuaded Joe Simpson to let me do Inception. Um, I believe me and Marco Lopez are talking about that, so that'll be good. Excellent. Um, I'm gonna do our usual stuff. Uh, if you haven't listened to the latest episode. Do, you, do your own, do your own, mate. Oh, oh believe yeah, me, I'm going to. When do I ever need an opportunity to be a whore? Uh, you are a whore. I'm a shameless self-promoter. Thor whore. I'm a Thor whore. That's, a, that's an actual hashtag. I've got to thank Michelle's cousin for that because she came up with it. <laughs> but I expertly stole it like a ninja. The, um, <laughs> the first episode of the relaunched on the box was out a week or two ago, looking at the first two seasons of Game of Thrones, uh, joined by Mr. Joey Connors and other Mr. Joseph, uh, Mr. Cousins. We're going to be doing, we're going to try and do an on the box maybe every month, six weeks, as and when the comic pod allows it, which will be helped by Rory's football pods. We'll be having breaks every now and then so that we can go off and do other bits. If you look at aicomicpod.co.uk, as we said, we've got a bunch of articles up there. We are aicomicpod on Twitter and facebook.com slash aicomicpod, which, to be honest, I might be taking down because the Facebook page just doesn't get anywhere near as much activity as No, Twitter no one bothers today. No one so bothers. it's kind of dead space at the minute. We'd, we'd rather use the medium that people actually communicate with us on. And we love it. We get Whenever there's a decent trailer comes out, there's so many people now are coming to us going, oh, guys, have you seen this? Have you seen what's come out? And it's brilliant, so please carry on doing that. We both get a massive kick out of doing it. And as, as Nina has just done, if you've got any requests, please do ask us. We've got an ever-increasing list. We are constantly just sitting there thinking and going, ooh, ooh, what about if we do one about this? And it just goes on the list somewhere. And we will get around to doing all of these things in due time. We're just incredibly scatty, and we've got the attention span of a child with ADHD. But we will eventually get there when someone gives us some kind of podcast riddling. Huge thanks to Nina, and huge thanks to Joey for both coming on and talking Gotham with us. It's been a long time in the making. And I hope you've both had a really good time with us. Awesome time. Thank you. Loved it. Thank you. Well, we will get you both back on soon as and when we can. So on our current schedule, it'll be probably next June by the time we (laughs) synchronise our calendars again. So keep your eyes posted next June for uh, Gotham season three and four. Okay, well, we'll wrap up then. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.